All right. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for taking the time to tune in to the We The Collective podcast, where we just kind of talk about you know health and fitness, and you know, soon we'll start to add some guests. But I want to get some of the other easy stuff out of the way, uh, just to give good information to people to go ahead and help them. So this one is geared around protein and protein intake. So when it comes to protein, one gram of protein is going to get you about four calories, which is incredibly similar to what we get from carbohydrates. However, it's a lot more difficult for the body to break down the proteins because there's so many intricate pieces associated to it. So there's upwards of 20 amino acids in the body. Uh, 11 of them are non-essential, nine are essential. So it doesn't matter if you're vegan, vegetarian, all these other bits and pieces, you have to consume the essential amino acids because we don't make them. Our body is not designed to make them. We at some point, maybe one of our ancestors was able to, but uh, currently we do not have that ability. So it's really, really important. So if you're just a regular Joe Schmo who's eating meat, chicken, beef, pork, all these other things, you're probably getting complete protein. There's probably no issues there. You don't have to concern yourself with it at all. If you're eating those things, you're getting full proteins in there. But if you are deciding to go vegan or vegetarian, uh, one of the big setbacks is that protein intake, especially if you wish to be an athlete, uh, because a lot of those sources are incomplete. Now we've gotten way better as a society of creating protein powders and supplements to get us the rest of the way. So if you do decide to go vegan, you have a better chance now than you probably ever had before, but you're most likely going to have to supplement. Uh, you're going to have to add extra things into your diet to make sure that you can get the full scope. Now, if you just want to live regular, you probably don't need as much, right? We only need trace amounts of some of these ones to get pieces to perform, but they do need to be in our body. We need them for certain certain aspects. Um, so again, being deficient in those ones could start to create other illness issues. And I, I don't think anybody's really super excited about you know dealing with doctors more than they absolutely have to or being sick or just not feeling to their best. So I just want to make sure that that's something that we can talk about very, very quickly. Now, by having more protein in your diet, um, protein is one of the primary muscle builders, right? But that's not the only thing that it does. It grows your fingernails, it, it grows your hair. So there's all these other parts of your body that are built up of building blocks of protein. So it's not just the muscles. It's a ton of your body is being built on these proteins. So making sure that we have new sources because our body is constantly excuse me, in repair. So if we're going out there and we're exercising, we're creating micro fractions in the bone, we're creating micro tears in the muscle that need to go ahead and heal. So constantly having a new supply of protein into those scenarios is really, really helpful to make sure that we can heal and recover properly for our next workout. Because if we are unable to recover completely before our next workout, we start to risk injury and our fatigue starts to go way, way up. So our body starts to break down a little bit more. We don't go, we don't go ahead and come back as strong as we could. If anything, over time, we start to become weaker. So if you've ever seen um, when people go on these really, really hard cuts and they kind of cut everything out of their diet, how lethargic and kind of slow they start to kind of go through their day is because the rest of the building blocks and the process of what they need, they don't have the energy to rebuild and recover anymore. Right. So one, they're missing out on the energy just to be able to be up and moving around and they're not putting the building blocks together. So those people who are training really, really hard, their performance starts to fall off. And I've personally been through that um, during my weight loss journey. There was times where I was cutting way, way too hard and I've, I lost muscle for it. And muscle is very, very expensive for your body because you have to convince your body that it is necessary to grow the muscle in order for you to stay alive, because if it doesn't think that you need it, 
it won't waste its time on it. The body will just say, no, you're going to be nice and easy. You don't have to do anything. Just stay exactly where you are because you know what? That's safe. But we're kind of designed to challenge ourselves more and the body will adapt. So again, challenging ourselves to doing tough things is going to be really, really helpful. So as we're consuming protein, we also get this really nice thermal effect of it. So there's actually more calorie burn that comes from upping your protein a little bit more. And it's not like 50% more, that's ridiculous talk, but it's like one to 2%. So you get a little bit more caloric burn out of it because it takes longer to break down. Protein is actually really good for satiation. So again, taking longer to break down, it will keep us feeling full a lot longer uh, compared to carbs and fats. So then that's a really good thing, right? For me, somebody who deals with binge eating, I, my, my brain will just say eat, even if my stomach is full. So again, getting to a spot where I can start to recognize that sooner and being able to stay in that condition longer of like, Hey, I'm not hungry. I don't need to eat. Protein's been incredibly helpful for it. So when I go ahead and sit down for a regular meal, I try to get uh, 30 to 40% of that meal to be protein. Um, again, I'm gunning for, for myself, uh, upwards of a, a gram and a half of protein per pound of body weight. So right now I weigh 210. Um, and it might seem different than like a week or so ago when I said it was 200. Uh, coming off a bit of a stomach bug, I, I basically cleared out my digestive tract completely. And I apparently had a fair amount of weight from that. But then again, as you start to normalize it, all that weight comes right back, right? So the idea is I was super dehydrated. My, my entire system was all cleared out and now everything's getting back to normal. I'm able to perform, do all the other stuff again. I feel a whole lot better and I just happen to weigh a little bit more. But when we're building in those, in those proteins and trying to build up those muscles and create satiation for the body, um, it's really, really important uh, on those hunger cues and recognize that our body weight will change a little bit along the way. So from when I go ahead and say I'm, I'm gunning for about one and a half, so I'm, I'm upwards, you know, 250 uh, grams of protein a day to 300 grams a day, uh, split out over four or five meals. So again, having the timing of it isn't super pivotal, but it's good to have a continuous stream of proteins that are coming in. So here's what I mean by that. The body starts to normalize the things that you do. So if you're constantly eating throughout the day and getting this dose of protein, the body's going to go ahead and say, I recognize that this is going to go ahead and show up again. I can go ahead and start to use this other stuff up because I know the body will go ahead and give me more, right? We're going to go ahead and get more so I can go ahead and use this up because the next round is coming. And that leads to this really good stream of making sure our metabolism can stabilize, right? If we start to change around the timings of when we eat, it can sometimes start to freak out the body a little bit. Some people really like to have one meal a day. Some people only like to have three meals a day. Some people just have two. Some people have seven and it's split up. But the thing is, it's still calories in, calories out. So if you're over consuming the amount of energy you need for the entire day, week, month, year, whatever it is, you will store the extra stuff as body fat, including protein. Protein will eventually convert to body fat if you eat too much of it, period. So if you're looking to perform, gun for about one gram to two grams per pound of body weight and just see how far you can get. You might, it actually might be really, really tough to get that amount of food down. Um, other things that I like to kind of think about with, with this one is protein powders. So I know that there's a ton of supplements that are out there. Uh, a lot of companies are making protein powders and I, I would highly recommend protein powders for anybody who's vegan or vegetarian, where there's a risk of not getting all the amino acids associated to it, right? If you're not getting the full spectrum of all those things, you're going to start to be deficient and being deficient in something is going to make you feel a little sickly, um, depending on which 
ones are missing or how your body takes those things. Uh, it could be very, very different scenarios on how your body goes ahead and, and understands it. So I would highly recommend um, looking into uh, protein powder companies and really getting a good understanding of what's on the labels themselves. So getting a good source of where the protein is coming from, making sure that there's not other weird filler ingredients that are associated to it, and, and make sure that it's going to still fit your caloric needs and your taste buds. So for myself, I recommend uh, the Optum Nutrition uh, Gold Standard. Uh, most of their products are really, really good. There's a reason they're called the Gold Standard. Everybody uses them. Um, not everybody, but there's a fair amount of, of the population that kind of defaults to that one. That's like the weird big bag you can see at Costco. Um, I think they're running upwards of like 50 bucks now, but um, not too long ago, you can get it for 30. Sometimes you score the stuff on sale. Uh, other companies that do a really good job of this one in terms of flavors, Ghost does a really awesome idea where they try to partner with a bunch of other companies. So they had like a Chips Ahoy one, uh, Nutty Buddy, um, like that. That's a really good source to go ahead and look into. Um, PE Science is a really good one. Um, I've only had like one other product beforehand, but uh, I, I remember looking through the nutritional facts on it and saying, hey, this is actually a pretty solid product. But start to watch out for anything, anything, any supplement that's out there that says proprietary blend. As soon as you see the words proprietary blend, put it back on the shelf. Don't waste your time on it because what that basically means is saying, we put some stuff into the product and it's like special to what we do over here, but we're not going to tell you what it is. So, and the thing is they don't have to get ratios of any of that stuff either. So they can be underdosing stuff that's really important. Uh, they could be putting stuff in there that is just filler and nonsense and they don't have to share it with you and it's legal for them to do it. So as soon as you see proprietary blend on any product, just go ahead and put it back look for the thing that's next to it. Even if it costs you a little bit more, it's probably going to be a safer choice because it's going to be more consistent. So when we think about these, these protein uh, powders that are out there, there's mainly two that we kind of think about. There's casein protein and there's whey protein. So they're different pieces of the same kind of structure. So whey protein is what you kind of get out of a standard like shake. You put a little bit of milk and water, you put it in the shaker, you shake it up and they chug it down You know, immediately after a workout. Um, that's whey protein. So what we get with that one, it's very fast and easy to digest. So great, great product, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Again, getting protein to where it needs to be quickly is really, really good. The other one is casein. So casein is slightly different as it dissolves slower. It actually takes longer for you to digest. And I think it's a really good recommendation of like nighttime. So like um, when I'll go ahead and do like a protein ice cream, I might use a little bit of whey and a lot more casein protein. And it gives it more of a creamy kind of texture to it because it, it seems to be very um, like water philic, I think, or hydrophilic. It loves water. It's not hydrophobic. That would push water away, but it absorbs tons and tons and tons of water. So you're, you have to add way more. It ends up super, super creamy in, in comparison, and it makes it fantastic to use in baked goods. So I use protein powders in baked goods all the time, especially my desserts. Because again, I have a sweet tooth. I, I have a tough time stopping myself from doing it. So I make sure that I include either whey or casein into the different products. And what I've actually come to really enjoy is just a non-flavored, no flavoring at all, casein protein powder. And I use it to make bread. So I take that and I take the same um, measurement of bread flour, which is a very light and airy kind of, um, kind of flour. And I mix those together and it kind of behaves very similar to all-purpose flour. And I can go ahead and make, I can make pasta with it. I can make bread with it. I, I, I've, I've done cakes, I've done cookies. I, I've done all these little bits and pieces using those, those 
um, those ingredients and then being able to add in other flavorants that, that are going to go ahead and be helpful. So I have uh, these chocolate sweet drops that are off to the side. Um, so they're like, it's made of fake sugar, but it's like concentrated, like fake chocolate flavor that with some like good Dutch cocoa, some chocolate chips, suddenly you can go ahead and make yourself like a really good, like brownie um, instead of it just being what happens sometimes in uh, in protein cookies is they end up very oddly cakey and like kind of like glossy. Um, so you're like, hey, I want this really crispy, crunchy cookie. You're not really going to get those uh, out of this. But um, you you can actually kind of manipulate some of the other product that's there. So I highly recommend for, for people who want to go ahead and get into more of the baking pieces of it and getting into the cooking of it to just have protein powder around to add it into some of your foods. And if, again, if it's non-flavored, we have more opportunities to add it in. I've used the non-flavored stuff to make cheese sauce. So I'll take uh, Nooch, which I have up here. It's a uh, nutritional yeast. It's actually used in a lot of vegan cooking. I'll use that with some actual cheese and a little bit of uh, you know unflavored, uh, unsweetened almond milk, and then some of that, and I can start to make cheese sauce. I've used the same stuff to make sausage gravy. So I'll cook a bunch of you know low-fat uh, sausage or low-fat turkey, and I'll season it like it's sausage. Because again, a lot of the times what we're missing is just like the the flavorings. So I'll flavor it up a little bit with that and then kind of mix in the casing protein, a little bit of uh, bread flour and make gravy. And I can have biscuits and gravy with that stuff. So I really do recommend like trying to incorporate protein into your food, but it doesn't have to be like ridiculous amounts. Um, even this morning I made cheesecake filling. So I took some graham crackers. I crushed them up with a little bit of uh, low sugar uh, syrup. So I made the little uh, disc and then I mixed uh, cream cheese, ricotta cheese, Greek yogurt, protein powder, and then like sugar-free cheesecake jello. And it's been really good. You get these little mini cheesecakes out of it. And I, I find it really easy to eat them. I get a little bit more protein out of it. So it becomes really helpful for me to stay on plan just by adding in that protein because then I won't be as hungry for, for that much longer. Now, when people go ahead and say things about the anabolic window, right? So the concept of this one is, all right, I went to the gym. And I, I worked out for 45 minutes and you're like, awesome, dude. that's great. It's like, I have to chug my protein shake immediately after or I'm not going to get gains. <sighs> Bullshit. Now, here's why that changes over. Um, the window around your workout becomes very important, right? It's a very important time because you're going to be testing your body more. It does need to have some additional nutrition around that fact. But the anabolic window is about four hours. So if you had a good meal before, you go into your workout, you don't have to necessarily chug a protein shake right afterwards. But if it's been like, let's say you had breakfast at eight and you know you had lunch at noon, all right, cool. So four hours, four hours, perfectly fine. And then um, you don't make it to dinner, but you go ahead and you work out at like six. Now that that window is pushed out to about six hours, it does become a little bit more beneficial to eat closer to it. So it's not so much to just chug the stuff down immediately after, but to recognize that like, hey, you know what, I should start to prioritize my, my eating schedule to be a little bit closer to make sure that as I go through that transition of my workout, that I don't end up without. I want to make sure that there's enough you know, resources for the body to go ahead and use up during that time frame. So people like to have a little bit of something beforehand, maybe a protein bar, a protein bar is perfectly fine before or after. Um, you just want to make sure that you're kind of avoiding some fats before you're working out because they can make you feel like really like heavy and lethargic. Um, they're a little bit tougher to break down for the body. So again, you might end up with <clears throat> 
some digestive issues as you go through your workout, maybe just a little bit of discomfort. And that's something that just kind of comes along with it. Now, as we go throughout the day, you know, I was just saying, you know, you have your breakfast at eight, you have lunch at noon and you know, dinner at five. Um, it is really just important to make sure that you can time out what feels good for your body when you need to eat. So when some people come up to me, it's like, what would you recommend? You know, one meal a day. I go, if that makes you feel full, content and happy with life. Yes, perfectly fine. You can have one big meal, maybe a snack or two throughout the day. If you feel good, great. However, it's not optimized because we end up missing out on a little bit of the, the timing throughout the day because there's going to be several several moments throughout the day where the body is looking to go ahead and start to process and do recovery and do its building. So making sure that it has resources at all times is helpful. But then again, it's secondary to how you feel as a person. If you're like, I cannot shovel another damn protein pancake into my gullet because I'm too full, but I need to go ahead and get the next 20 grams of protein or I'm not. Don't worry about it. It's not that big of a deal. The body is very adaptive to what it needs to do. It will upregulate and downregulate your metabolism as it sees fit. So it already kind of knows what it needs to be. And then just kind of getting a good understanding of what feels good for your body, the amount of protein that you have in your body. So even if you're just starting, the idea is like if you're eating like maybe, let's say you're eating a quarter of a gram of protein for body weight. So it's really, really light. I wouldn't recommend suddenly jumping to two. Like, oh, have two grams per pound. That, that's a way too big of a jump. Start slower. Add one more protein-focused meal, right? Add in the protein shake if it's easier for you to, to get that stuff down. Those are going to be things that are going to be really helpful to kind of jump-starting the process. And, and by being active, your body's going to start to develop an active lifestyle. So it's going to be a little bit tough to take these big jumps. I don't recommend anybody taking big jumps. So people who go ahead and like, hey, I want to start working out. I'm going to be here seven days a week. And I go, that's too much. Once or twice. And then say once or twice, and it's like, hey, I've, I've learned a whole lot. I'm recovering. I'm feeling good. Two to three times, three to four times, and then whatever fits your schedule from there. But it does need to be challenging enough for your body to be convinced to change. And then having the nutrition associated to it is really helpful as well. Because if the body has what it needs to go ahead and get through its hardship, it will get through it and succeed. It's just tough. So we can't take these big, big changes. We need to start slow, controlled, and let the body catch up to what we want to do. So would I recommend a high protein diet as much as you can get in and not feel sickly? Again, if you're really training to do something important for your life, yes, nutrition is pivotal for your success. They're like, hey, how do I go ahead and get a six pack? It starts in the kitchen, starts here. Like I can run all I want. It's it's, it's really, really hard to go ahead and, and fight off of a bad diet by good exercise. And I've talked about it before on um on one of my articles, but there's a, a video out there by Will Tennyson. And I, I thought it was one of the smartest videos that he put together. And I'd like him to do like more of this type of work as he tried to eat 10,000 calories and move 10,000 calories in a day. So he wanted to burn 10,000 and eat 10,000. Eating 10,000 was really easy. Like, yes, there's some challenge to it. Like eventually you're like, I can't get the, like you can get it done, right? If you really wanted to get that down, you could, but getting 10,000 calories out of your body in terms of exercise your body will just get destroyed first. It will tear apart. It will fall apart well beforehand. And it's so hard to go ahead and do it. So recognizing that it's so easy to get the calories in, but it's really tough sometimes to get the calories out. Just start on a slow, steady journey 
add protein into your diet. There's tons of flavors, tons of great companies that are out there that are doing it. So you can find a, a protein that either mixes really well into the foods that you eat or a protein that really mixes easy and allows you to drink it and you really enjoy it. And you're like, yes, I look forward to this. Or you do things like protein ice creams um, or some of the protein fluffs. There's a bunch of other options on being able to get protein into your diet in a healthy, safe way. So hopefully this is something that helps you and good luck on the next one.